Hi, everybody. This is Beth with Bluegrass Ghost Hunters, bringing you another episode this week. And this week we have Tanya from Old Hospital on College Hill, ready to talk about the Old Hospital on College Hill. And that was our recent investigation where we got so much activity. And we also have Kimberly and my mom, Tanya. So we've got two Tanyas this week on here to talk. So that'll be fun. Um, if everybody wants to say hi. Hi, Hello. this is Kimberly. This is Tanya, best mom. Hi. And this is Tanya from the Old Hospital on College Hill. I think we're going to start with talking to Tanya from the old hospital about the history about the hospital. So, Tanya, do you have some things to tell us? Sure. You just kind of want me to start from the beginning with her? Yeah. Okay. And always forgive me, I refer to her as a her just because we kind of have a special bond. So I know people oh, I love it. crazy. <laughs> I love but, it. Uh, if you if you hear me refer to her as her or she, you'll know who I'm talking about. But um, the old hospital on College Hill was formerly known as Williamson Memorial Hospital. It opened in March of 1928, and it was one of the biggest hospitals in this region for over 60-some years. Um, it was a state-of-art facility. Um, it had 76 beds at one time. Um, and it cost, believe it or not, $175,000 to build, which that kind of blew me away when I found that when I was doing some research on it, because, you know, back in 1928, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money today. So in 1928, they paid $175,000 to build that, which would be equivalent to $2.5 today. So you can imagine, you know, what or how important she was back in those days. And um, she pretty much served as the main hospital for this area up until 1988. And then they decided to build a newer one up on the hill from her. And then uh, they didn't close her down. They kept it open as clinics. Um, there was everything from lung specialists to um, regular doctors, um, you know, family physicians and also pediatricians who kept the building open until 2014. And then in 2014, they shut the doors for good, pretty much just used her for storage until the hospital, the newer one up on the hill, closed. They filed bankruptcy. Um, back then, you know, it was right when COVID hit. A lot of the small rural areas, uh, hospitals just couldn't couldn't keep their doors open. So the hospital closed in 2020. And when that happened, um, they had to file bankruptcy and things like that. So it severed the ties with the old hospital. And that allowed us to, um, Charlie and I, to step in and purchase it. Um, you know, I, I was born and raised in this area, so I've always had a fascination with the hospital and the nurses college that sits beside of it. And me and him both were born here. So it was a little bit about, you know, saving my, my some of my history as well. That's awesome. Now, were you, like, interested in the paranormal? Like, whenever you bought it? I wouldn't say at the time I was interested in the paranormal, but I've always, ever since I was a little girl, I've always been kind of odd. I'll just be honest with you. I've always um, enjoyed um, scary movies, horror things. Um, I would even watch paranormal shows and, and none of it really 
phased me, but I was always fascinated with it. Um, and I kind of wanted to go in the field. My degree is actually in psychology. So I wanted to kind of, um, you know, serial killers, that kind of thing. I was just kind of one of those oddballs that just kind of wanted to figure out everything. Um, I had a few paranormal experiences as I was growing up, but at the time I really didn't know what it was. But then when I purchased the hospital, um, for me, it was more of a, I want to say a sentimental attachment as far as saving history and preserving history, not only for me, but for my city and town and county as well. But um, then once I got the building and started going in and things started happening to me, it kind of opened up a whole new world for me. So um, and then, you know, when paranormal groups come in like you guys, um, you actually do a lot of research and, and, and teach us so that, you know, it helps me even learn even more. So, you know, to say that I've always been into it, I probably couldn't say that, but I've always been kind of into the, you know, spooky horror themes and things like that. And I've always been fascinated with it. It's always kind of been in the back of my mind. That's awesome it's it's really cool that you like bought this place and you weren't really like particularly into the paranormal but it kind of it seems like your fascination grew a lot more afterwards and usually a lot of people if they buy a place like that they have that fascination with paranormal beforehand but Uh and you know a lot of places they'll buy these properties if they're not interested in the paranormal and they don't really use it in that type of way so I really like that you kind of started opening it up to everybody like that we, we of, want yeah go ahead I'm sorry oh no let's go that's okay a lot of like historical places like they don't like to say that it's haunted so they just don't want people in there doing stuff like that so I, I like that well and that yeah, a lot of people, um, you know, there was some backlash when I purchased the hospital from a few community members because they thought I was being disrespectful, but I just had to respectfully disagree with them because I think it would have been more disrespectful if someone would have came in and, and knocked it down. And, and that's probably what would have happened. You know, um, I'm kind of a history nerd as well. So, and to me, you know, of course, I'm no expert in the paranormal field, but the history of the buildings and the paranormal kind of go hand in hand in my book. Um, I think you have to learn and understand where the building came from, what's been in that building, who's been in there, um, so you can understand some of the things that you capture and respect that. So, it's been a learning experience for me, Um, but again, the history of it for me was just very fascinating because, again, this is a 94-year-old hospital that went through the Great Depression, all those diseases, and you know, mental health issues. And uh, one of the questions I get all the time is, you know, because we are in West Virginia, are you anything like Trans-Allegheny? And of course, we're nowhere near as big. Trans-Allegheny is just massive and it's awesome. But to some small extent, we are because, um, you know, back in those days, they didn't have mental health facilities. They didn't have any way to treat people with mental health issues. So they were brought to this hospital and just dropped off. And I can only imagine what kind of practices were done on people here because, you know, back then they just didn't know what to do. So all of those kind of stories, along with some of the stories that we just found in newspaper articles, like Moe's Blackbird jumping out of the window, it just fascinated me so much that I felt like I, you know, needed to learn more. And just the history part of it just really drew me in. And then, of course, you know, being born here, you know, being able to, to save the place that your life started at is pretty amazing. And then I also lost two grandparents that I never met before. Uh, they passed away before I was born. They passed away at this hospital as well. 
So oh, wow. I felt like I was doing, um, you know, a little bit of a favor to my family because I just couldn't. I, my biggest fear was that somebody would just come in and knock down the buildings and turn it into a parking lot, or they would purchase the buildings and just let them rot and fall to pieces. And I just, I just felt like they had stories to tell and deserve better. You know, I, I don't know if I can make it turn into anything special, um, but I just, I felt like I needed to try. Oh, I think you're doing a great job. I think, in my opinion, I, I kind of hate that a lot of historical places are very against the paranormal because it, you know, at first I was a little bit nervous to go there after watching Destination Fear. The uh-huh. episode was a little bit intimidating. Uh-huh. But honestly, after we got in there, I didn't feel anything negative. I honestly felt like they enjoyed our presence. Right. So I, I yeah. Normal when I go in there, there's only been one time in the basement that I kind of felt um, there was kind of like a negative, uh, just a feeling, a heavy feeling. And I, I'm not sure what that was. But most of the time when I go in there, and even with my personal experiences, I, I think they're just happy to have someone there again. I think it's just been, you know, set for so long and, you know, nobody's really paid attention or showed much love to either of these buildings. I think they're just happy to have people back again. I think so too. Uh, and it just seemed like every kind of experience that we pretty much had there was a positive experience and they were really enjoying like interacting with us. Now, Kimberly did have one specific um, incident where she felt a little bit uneasy, but I'm not sure that it felt like super negative to her, but Uh she can talk about that here in a little bit. Um, I figure since uh, you mentioned Moe's, for the listeners, can you uh, explain the history behind Moe's Blackburn? Sure. Um, Moe's Blackburn was a local restaurant owner here in Williamson for, I think, I believe it was in the 60s. And um, the, and you can Google him. Um, a lot of the research we gathered, um, you can find the newspaper articles on the internet. It's not anything that we're making up. It's actually a true story. But he had a deputy station, which was common, um, and they still do that today. They had a deputy station outside of his uh, room so he wouldn't try to escape. But he had asked the deputy to go get him a drink of water. The deputy did. And when that deputy left the station um, for Whatever the stories you want to believe, we don't, we can't get any confirmation. The paper says that he took off running and jumped out the third story floor window. However, some of our locals tells us that he was thrown by police officers out the window. And then other locals tell us that he was, he had some mental health issues and that he heard an evil spirit tell him to jump. So we're really not sure what the reason for jumping was. But again, he fell three stories. He did not pass away. He just broke a leg. They brought him back to the hospital, reset his leg, put him back in the room. And then he died like a month, to, almost a month of the day that he jumped. So no one really knows if he was murdered, if something was wrong with him that they just didn't pick up. But he passed away in the hospital, the same one as the as the um, officer did. So it's just kind of an unsolved mystery. We did get a copy of his death certificate. But his death certificate stated that he died from emphysema, a fractured rib, and a fractured leg, which to us didn't make a lot of sense. But maybe back then, I mean, it was just the 60s. It's not been that long ago. But um, 
it just, you know, some people believed it. And that's the story Destination Fear really wanted to kind of hit on the most. Um, they, they think Moses is still in the hospital today. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And I think we got a couple of hits on it during our Estes method. I don't know if anybody else remembers like what all popped up during our Estes method. I think something about, I want to say paranoia popped up. Kimberly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, That it said something about being paranoid. Yeah, so I wonder if that kind of relates to that. I think we were in the same hallway, if I'm not mistaken, whenever we got something like that on the spirit box. but Yeah, we sat right there underneath the window. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think so now. And we only got a couple of things that may have related to Moe's, but I don't remember us getting a whole lot. Um, but we got we got quite a bit on the SD's method anyway. Um, and he could be, you know, I'm sure he's been all over the hospital if he is still there. You know, he oh. could be on the floor. He could be down in, you know, where they have the x-ray rooms because we get a lot of activity there. Um, you know, even my personal experience, I picked up a male's voice on the second floor um, just as plain as day. So you, you just never really know, you know, and I, I just, I wish we really knew. The last article that I could find on him was that they had requested an autopsy, but no one ever published what come of the autopsy. So I thought that was oh. kind of, it just ended. Huh. It's like it just ended. When he passed away, it just ended. But again, oh, wow. these, you know, people, they did things a lot different than they do now. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. you know, That's crazy. It, it was just, yeah, it was just fascinating for me. Um, I would love to know the true story. Um, but I don't, you know, so far we've not had anybody come forward that knew anything more about it. And um, all the research that we found was through our public library and research online and just newspaper articles. Wow. Uh, are there any other like certain stories that you know of that are, you know, factual? and have been, you know, proven correctly that have happened in that hospital? One of um, those is probably the most famous one we have, but this one that's kind of, it runs close second to it is the nurse that never clocked out. Um, I don't know if you guys picked up anything from a nurse. We, we have never gotten her name, but there have been images caught of her. We posted it on our Instagram and Facebook page. Um, there was a young lady that went through our tour and she was just, you know, she was just stepping in between. If you remember um, the nurses college, there's a gap in between the hospital and the nurses college. It's an overlook, overlook of the city. And yeah. she was just out there. It was not Thomas. She was just taking pictures of the city because it's, it's an overlook and it's a very pretty view of Williamson. And she had her iPhone and she took two quick pictures. And I think they showed it briefly on destination fear, but um, the first picture she caught absolutely nothing. But the second picture, it was an amazing, capture of what looked like what appeared to be a nurse probably in the 50s or 60s era she had the white dress the red sash she had her hair pulled back in a bun and had the hat and everything and she was going into the hospital so we started doing after that picture started floating around and 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 the lady that took it I know she didn't have time to doctor it or change it or fix it up she come running right back to me and she said Tony you've got to look at this picture and when I looked at it I couldn't believe it so I asked permission you know to use her 
um, picture on our sites and stuff because, you know, it's very rare when you can capture images like that. And um, it, it was it was worth gold to me. So that that led me to do more researches on nurses. And the only thing so once I started um, posting it, people started coming out of the woodwork of, and telling stories about when they were here and they delivered their child. Um, I remember one lady in particular, she lives close by, she's a local. Um, she shared a story with us that she had been put into this hospital. Um, she was giving birth to her second child, I believe. And they had told her, um, you know, they had admitted her that she had dilated, I think, to two or three. And, you know, they were going to watch her and make sure she was okay. Well, she claims in the middle of the night, a nurse came to her and told her that it would be another day or two before her baby is born. So she could just go ahead and leave. And she got out of bed and started packing her stuff up. And when she walked out of the room, the nurse at the nurse's station chased her down and said, what are you doing? And she said, well, that nurse back there told me that I wasn't ready to have the baby yet. And I could go home. And she said, honey, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the only nurse working this evening. So there's so many stories like that out there that kind of make me believe that that's a true. And then after that image was captured, um, she's, she's pretty popular, but nobody seems to catch her name. Uh, the only other thing that we found that related to a nurse that was, um, there was a nurse in the fifties that was killed in a car accident. She actually worked ER at the hospital and, um, they brought her to this hospital. She, she lived, I think maybe about five or 10 miles away and they brought her to the hospital and she passed away in the ER that she worked at. So, um, we think it might be her. Um, you know, because they said she loved being an ER nurse and she had been a nurse for, I think, 10 or 15 years and had worked at the hospital. So um, she, she's, she's a pretty popular story as well. That's awesome. And so I'm going to go into this and Kimberly, I can edit this out if you want me to. But Kimberly was telling me a story about what was happening to her at home. And Kimberly, do, do you want to go into that? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, actually, uh, a lot of us have connections to um, certain um, spirits inside of these places. And uh, I sort of have a medical background. My mother has a little bit of a medical background. So I felt when you told us the story about the nurse, I felt very connected to that. And mm -hmm. I believe uh, we were, what floor were we on, uh, Beth? Um, um, when we started getting the stuff about the the baby deliveries and I think um, we were still on the second floor, just on yeah. the other side of you know where we were, we had our room yeah. set up. So I just decided to talk to this nurse and see if I could get a connection with her. And you know, we started with how much we respect nurses anyway. They're they're so important. And you know, I told her how much we you know she's saved lives and how important she was and how we really respected the job that she did. And I mentioned that I was going to be having surgery soon. And um, I, I, I don't know if people will make fun of this or not, but I feel like she came home with us because um, when we were there, uh, we had an incident on the second floor where we had our break room and there was air conditioning there. So they told us to keep the door shut. And uh, Dawn and I had come back to get some batteries and the door was wide open. And everyone had said, you know, we shut the door behind us. We don't know why that door is wide open. So after I had my surgery here at home, 
my mother said that she heard a woman's voice uh, upstairs and she came down and woke me up and said, Kimberly, have you been in my room? And I said, no, I have not been in your room. And she said, well, my closet door is wide open and my ceiling fan is on. And I've, and I thought she likes a cool room, a room that was air conditioned in the break room and the door was open. And my mother never uses the ceiling fan. She's very cold natured. So I thought it was odd that that had happened. I don't know if it was the nurse or not. Could be. That's wow. Yeah. Well, that, you know, nurses are kind of, that's their nature. They, they're caring. They want to make sure their patients are cared for. Mm-hmm. Comfortable so, and, yeah, and taken care of. And I just wondered if maybe that was her, you know, visiting us just to check mm-hmm. to see if everything was okay. Yeah, could have very well been. That's amazing. Also, that what happened, and she mentioned the, um, the stuff about the babies and stuff. We kept getting a name, and I think it was Leah or something. And I don't know if any of this correlates or anything, but we kept getting just different stuff. And my mom, Tanya, uh, I don't know if you want to go into your story, but once we started getting this stuff about the babies and stuff on the same floor, it was like something made her really emotional. And yeah. I don't know if you want to tell your experience. Yeah, that's fine. I can. Um, yeah, I mean, we was just sitting there. Um, like Kimberly and Beth said, we were just, you know, talking. We had the REM pods set up on different sides, and they were so active. I mean, it's like they were coordinating at one time with each other. One would go off, and then one would go off. But I just kept having this feeling. It was almost like a grief. That comes from way down in your stomach. Um, I've lost my mom. I've lost my dad. So I've lost people that's been very, very close to me as well. And when you have that, it's a grief that you cannot ever explain. And I kept trying to hold it back. I thought, okay, what is going on? Because I've not ever had this happen. And I just couldn't hold it back any longer. It was just, and it was a It was so strange because it was like, it was a wave. It would come in and overtake me and then it would ease off and come in and overtake me and ease off. And I felt like I know um, the obelisk at one point said cord. And I felt like that that just had something to do with an umbilical cord maybe um, of a birth um, on that floor. The second floor was really very active, and I don't even know if anybody, even Tanya, knows why it's so active there on the second floor, but it really was. So, yeah, yeah that was different for me. The the second floor, for whatever reason, it seems to be pretty active for most people. And um, that's the one floor we have the least amount of research on. The only thing that we knew when we purchased the hospital and what research we could find on it was it was the one floor that never changed over the course of the time, except for when it became a clinic. Um, it was patient admission rooms. So if you got admitted to the hospital for whatever reason and they kept you overnight, that's the floor they would put you on. There was one wing of the third floor that was also that, but it was mostly the second floor. 
But if you remember on the second floor, before you got to that sound booth room, there was a nursery beside of that as well. So that could have caught into the babies. Oh, uh, goodness. There was a small nursery. I don't know that we even yeah. put that together. <laughs> no. I did because there was an incubator um, of sorts in there um, that I seen, but I can remember her saying that at one point, yeah. Um, so that that's when I put it together that it felt like a mother that was grieving. That's just how I felt. I felt like that was a mother that was grieving over her child. So that was an experience that I haven't had before. It, it was definitely interesting. We had a lot of crazy stuff come through. And it, this wasn't, I don't think I put that in the, this in the video, but at the end of our investigation, we decided to use some dowsing rods or whatever. I think it was also on the second floor, but closer to where um, we were, closer to our room that we had set up. And we started getting stuff about a fire and I was looking up some history and it seems like the there was a fire in the other hospital right yes the first original Williamson Memorial was actually downtown and I believe um uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong it was only about a two or three story structure and it caught fire and actually burnt to the ground and there were patients in it when it caught fire but luckily all the patients made it out alive. Um, they would throw mattresses um, out the window and the people would jump out the window and land on the mattresses. Um, but that's what led to this one being built up on the hill as the first one burnt down by fire. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I don't know, maybe there was, you know, a nurse that was left over that worked in the other hospital and was talking about the fire. And I really don't, I don't think you meant, I don't remember if you mentioned it in our walkthrough or not, but I don't think I did. Yeah. So I was wondering what the fire was about. And then I found that and I thought that was kind of interesting. And I may share that later on as well with everybody, but we got some really cool stuff. Um, I don't know if, let's see, I'm trying to, Oh, I think the best thing we got was the SLS image downstairs in the basement. I think think that was probably our best thing we caught that night, but everything was really awesome. Yeah, it was so active in the basement. Uh, The uh, REM pods were going off. I think the flux went off at one time. The REM pod was right, it was really close to um, Beth at one time while she was running the SLS camera. And she, she wasn't close enough to set it off. But, you know, it would go off and we say, OK, please back off. And it would stop and start right back up. And that was amazing. And then right after that, that's when we got the image directly behind uh, myself and Don on the SLS. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched that several times. And, I, you know, you try to figure out, was it a child? Was it an adult? Uh, but I, I would almost lean towards it being a child just by the way it was acting and touching you and kind of playing and that kind of thing. And it was near the toys. If you remember, yeah. on that shelf, there were a couple of toys on there. Um, 
that was left over from the hospital. So I'm not sure if it was or not. But that basement for me is it, truly my favorite floor, but it's also probably the one that, that creeps me out the most of all the <laughs> floors um, just because I think it's got the most history and the most deaths. I think that most deaths occurred probably in that hospital on that floor. Because um, you got to remember when the hospital first opened, that's that was the that was the emergency room. That was the trauma room. It was the amputation room. It was the morgue. It was everything. And then the two rooms in the back that never changed were the x-ray rooms. So even when the hospital shut down as a hospital and they kept it open as a clinic, they put the pediatric floor down in the basement because you guys probably remember the toys and the kids' borders, um, but those x-ray rooms never changed. And then they, they pulled the morgue out and they put it somewhere else. Um, but it just, it has so much, it's, it's a different feeling and a different vibe for me. Um, I can respect what the other Tanya was talking about with the different feeling and kind of getting emotional because I've been in this hospital, gosh, a thousand times. And I've been in that basement a lot and I get different interactions when I'm down there. But there was one time that I was down there and it was a group that had come in to do an investigation and they'd asked to interview me in the basement, not at mine at all. And um, I can't even remember the question that he asked me, but for whatever reason, and I've done this multiple times, um, you know, I've interviewed and I've never gotten emotional in an interview. I, I started crying and I don't know if it was just the burden of, I knew that I'd lost a grandparent in the basement. Um, one of them had died in the ER um, but then I, I think it just hit me that there were so many children that had passed away on that floor and in that hospital. And it just, I don't know, it just overcame me so much. I couldn't hardly finish the interview. And I felt kind of silly because you would think, you know, as much as I've been in there, I could have, you know, completed the interview. But I had to stop for a little while to get myself together. And I apologize to them because I never, you know, done that before. But it's just a different vibe down there. And it just, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of stories there and a lot of people that want that want to tell us. It's just trying to sort it all out and giving it time. You know, I just think there's a lot down there. Oh, yeah. I can definitely tell there's a lot down there. It would be like, well, when we got the image on the SLS camera, we definitely felt like it was a child because it just felt playful. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like it would play with the REM pods and stuff. But then at some point, it would be like you would get this really weird, creepy feeling. Like, I don't know what else might be down there, but I think there is something else down there that may be a little bit different. Yeah, a little uh, bit dark. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, we didn't have too much with that. Uh, we really didn't get anything else. Oh, a fun, fun little fact. I couldn't get my SLS camera to work at all. Until we went down to the basement. I'd worked on it all night trying to get to work. And it was like the hospital knew. This is my take on it. The hospital knew that I would catch something down the basement. And it's oh. like it wanted to save it for me to see. Usually it's the exact opposite. Normally when you go to the basement, it'll zap your batteries and nothing will work and flashlights will go out and it's just, it gets kind of crazy down there. But we've had some paranormal groups and even with just my personal experiences. And then um, we've had some mediums that have been in there. Um, for whatever reason, those x-ray rooms tend to be dark and heavy and, and we're not really sure why. Um, we've done some research on it. We found a couple of stories that maybe we could link it to. But even some of our volunteers um, 
when we did tours and stuff, their flashlights would go out when they would go in those x-ray rooms. Um, it would have different smells. The temperatures would change in those rooms. And um, one of our tour guides, and you probably saw her on Destination Fears, she still does them for us today, but she won't go in the basement by herself because when she come out of that x-ray room, a man's face appeared on the wall and it scared her. And she felt oh, yeah. very, she felt very threatened. That would freak me out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, and she'd come back. She's like, Tony, I'm not going down there by myself ever again. And all she was doing was kind of floating around from room to room. She was dressed up as a nurse and um, while we were doing tours. Um, but she saw the face and she just, I mean, it, it it took her a while to get to come back here. And then some of the other paranormal groups have caught like black shadows. Um, one caught a really tall image. So I'm assuming it was a man. He looked like he was probably seven feet tall. And um, he was coming out of that x-ray room just around the corner, just watching what people were doing. So I'm not sure. We're still trying to figure out who it is or why, but that we've had some groups have some really bad negative feelings down there as well, which is kind of sad because you've got the children down there too. And it's just, you know, and then you've got the incinerator, you know, you've got all of that as well. And it's just, it's just so much down there. It just, it's almost yeah, it's, They've got, it's, it is a lot. It's definitely a lot of different energies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Talk about a little bit of a negative energy. Uh, again, like the only real like incident we had, and Kimberly can tell this story, was probably on the fourth floor is when I think she got a little creeped out. Yeah, that was the first time that I've actually been scared on an investigation uh, since we started. And we'd had a lot of activity with the REM pods on both sides of the building. We had one uh, down that hallway and one on the opposite end. And we were getting a lot of activity down there. And I believe we'd heard a sound or something. And uh, Beth said, Kimberly, why don't you walk down there? And I've always been the one that would be like, yeah, sure, I'll walk down there. I'll I'll go sit, you know, in the, in the scary part. And uh, this time, as soon as I got past that main doorway... I felt this pressure on my shoulders and like this real uh, need to get back to the group and not go down that hallway. And it, it really did freak me out quite a bit. Yeah, the fourth floor, it's fascinating because I, I love talking to people that used to work in the hospital because, you know, past employees, they can really give you a lot of information. And um, I think I told you guys when we were doing the tour and walk through, you know, up on the fourth floor, you had surgery, you had the doctor's lockers and their rooms, consultation rooms, um, but you also had the pharmacy. And for whatever reason, the, the people that worked up there on the fourth floor, um, they hated it and they didn't like it. And they would say it was hard to keep pharmacists and staff and uh, janitors and custodians because people after like seven or eight o'clock would would hear like strange things or see things move or um, feel a, a bad presence. And, you know, the only thing that, that we can tie it to was that it, it was surgery up there. So I'm sure people died on the operating table. Um so maybe there's someone that was angry that passed away there, or maybe there was some unethical, you know, stuff that happened. Um, Cause I'm sure there was back in that time, 28, thirties, forties, you know, cause they just didn't know any better. They didn't have any other practices and they were trying to figure things out. So, but it is, it is, it's the shortest floor of the hospital, but it can mm -hmm. be the creepiest too, because it just, um, you know, you don't really understand, like I said, it just, 
Um, and some of the EVPs that's been picked up on that floor is just, it's been wild. I mean, uh, you know, some of it, 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 I don't know if they're doctors, if they're nurses or if they're patients, but, you know, it's been everything from, you know, welcome to get out of here to I'm hurting. Uh, this is painful. It kind of scary stuff. Well, as I recall, that was just down the hall from the uh, surgical observation room yeah. where you said that that the family members uh, family could, members and could watch their their family member, their loved one being operated on. Yeah. And it, I, I, that tell us about that. It was um, there was two surgery rooms on that floor. Now, they're not here today because you got the fire escape when they turned it into clinic in the 80s. They, you know, kind of had to come up to code and, and do some things different. But the observation rooms are still there. And because the nurses college was right beside of it, this hospital was what we call now a teaching hospital. Um, they would let the nurses come over there, watch, learn, study. And, um, you know, they would also go in the examination rooms as well and the surgery rooms. But for the most part, they would sit in the room in the observation room and watch the surgery being performed. But then we also learned through our research that back in the 30s, they would allow, like if your mom was having surgery, your grandma or whoever, they would allow a family member to go in there in the observation room and watch the surgery. And that was my mind because I'm thinking, you know, first of all, what if the surgery goes bad? You know, what if Absolutely. you're sitting there watching that? It has to be horrific. But um, that room, yeah. the observation room, and then I don't know if you remember the room beside of it that had the medical equipment in it. That room there, um, I'm not sure if it was a patient room or what they did in it, um, or maybe, you know, what they call after they do a surgery, they put you in a room just to kind of, you know, come to and, you know, just kind of come out of it and just kind of watch it. A recovery. Yeah, like recovery, a recovery room. room. Yeah. That's, I'm guessing that's kind of what it is, but that equipment in there will go off sometimes by itself. And one paranormal group was there. They called me at like two o'clock in the morning one night because it freaked them out so bad on that floor. Um, they wanted me to come up and see there was some white substances that had fallen on the floor, but it didn't come from the ceiling. So I'm not sure where it even came from. And there were, there was like a man's footprint. It was like a boot that was on that floor. So. They took pictures of it and we kept it there for the longest time and then it just faded away. So that fourth floor can be kind of wild at times. It's not one of the ones that's active all the time, but it, it does have some weird stories connected to it. Wow. That's interesting. Because was, oh, yeah. We also, I think on that same floor, I think that's where I caught the random beeping as well. Yeah. It, and, yeah. And was that the floor where we caught the thump? I'm pretty sure. I think so. Sure. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, I was trying to find that outside, the other day. Yeah, just outside of where the vaping that we tried to follow, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we got that random beeping, and I was looking to make sure it wasn't any of our equipment, which I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure... Is that the same floor that Destination Fear caught the beeping as well? I remember if they picked theirs up on the second floor or the fourth floor. I think they picked up multiple ones because there's, you know, there you guys seen it. There, there's kind of equipment scattered throughout the hospital. There's even some in the basement. But most of the ones that's picked up is the higher floors. It's either second, third, or fourth. And usually it's third or fourth. Yeah, I found that interesting, and that's why I wanted to include it because... We there's no figure. traffic here at all. Yeah. 
So, and none of that stuff is plugged in, even if there was power. So, um, yeah. yeah. The beeping, and I tell you, before we got the elevator working, um, we had some groups that would pick up the elevator sound. Like when it dings and like you could hear it up on the floor, they would capture that as Uh well. Fascinated me. It's amazing. That is, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to try to wrap it up a little bit so that everybody's not so uh, late getting out. But uh, does Kimberly or my mom, Tanya, do you all have any questions for Tanya before we wrap this up? If somebody wants to do an investigation, Tanya, um, where do they go to contact you? They can either give us a call or a text at 304-953-0987. Um, we also have the contact information on our website, which is collegehillhospital.com. Or any social media. I'm, I'm not real tech savvy, but I try to do my best. We're pretty much on everything: uh, Facebook, TikTok, um, Instagram, Twitter, and it's either under the old hospital on College Hill or the hospital on College Hill. Some of the platforms, you know, won't let you give a long name, so I had to shorten it a little bit. Um, but they can message us through that as well. And I'm usually the one that does it. Charlie, Charlie will answer it from time to time, but it's usually me. Um, we don't have a calendar set up just yet on our website. We're still working through that. But all you basically do is just call, text, or message and just give us a date that you guys are interested in and we'll let you know if it's available or not and just kind of take it from there. And we, we do them seven days a week. We're not just open on weekends. Um, so uh, the groups that, you know, travel through the weekdays, if they're looking to book, you know, a Monday through Friday or something like that, you know, we can we can get them in here. Awesome. Right. Tanya M, do you have any questions? I don't have any questions. I just want to thank you for opening it up because it's a very interesting, very active place. Um, I think it's great that you all took it over and you didn't tear it down. You left it respectively as much as you could. And those spirits, and I like to call them ghosts as much as I like to call them spirits. They're, they are there. And if there's anybody out there that's interested in it, this is a very active place. You'll have a wonderful time. We didn't have, um, like Beth and Kimberly said, um, our bad energy or anything that we felt. There was a couple spots we felt a little indifferent at. But um, as for the most part of it, it was a very exciting um, investigation on our part, I think. So we thank you for that, Tonya. Oh, I, I, Charlie and I appreciate you guys. Um, like I was telling you earlier, you know, your all's investigation helps with our research um, because, you know, again, this hospital is, is old and so many patients went through it. People ask me all the time, how many people think come through these doors? I, I couldn't even imagine, you know, and, and a hospital that was built in the 20s, you know, you can imagine there's thousands of people that came through there and some probably didn't make it back out. So, you know, trying to find the research back that that long ago is, is hard to do. So we truly appreciate the paranormal groups. We definitely keep an open mind. It helps educate us and it helps with the history of the building and, and who's in there and who's wanting to share their stories. And, you know, if there's something that we can help solve, if there's something, you know, or someone looking for somebody or, you know, just needing help, it, it is, you know, you guys help us do that. So we appreciate all of you. 
Well, we had a great time. And as I wrap this up, I want to tell you what I felt as we were leaving. It was very odd. We When we went to leave that night or that morning, rather, that's probably the longest investigation we've ever done where we've actually done it from sundown to sunup. Um, but for whatever reason, and sometimes, and I don't tell a lot of people this and I don't want to be made fun of, but I am very sensitive to things. I almost felt like that they were screaming for us to come back in. And yeah, yeah, like they were sad that we were leaving. And (laughs) I think that they really enjoy people coming in and visiting them and, I truly felt that and it made me kind of sad leaving them because it just you could tell that they just love the company and I think it's great that you're letting people come in and speak with them and we definitely will be back to investigate sometime I want to bring more people to well, that's what I was say. you'll just have to come back they'll be happy that you're coming back oh yeah like it's literally like my top two I can't it's it's been yeah. running with another place that we really love but honestly I don't know which one I love more at this point because the energies are different at both places and the activity is different at both places it's just hard to choose but it's definitely my top well you know that's the cool thing about the paranormal field you know every every place is different every place has their own story you know, with the hospital, what you find here and what you feel here is going to be different than, let's say, you know, what you find at, you know, a home or a funeral home that you might investigate or something like that. So that I think that's what's cool about the whole field. It's just, you know, there's so many stories that people are trying to figure out. You know, I, I was very fortunate. I'm, you know, thankful. People thought I was crazy here when I bought the hospital. They were like, what do you want that old building for? But Oh, I just felt kind of like you guys did when you left, just that attachment. Um, every time yeah. I go there, I'm excited because I don't know who's going to be talking to me. And, you know, what I'm going to find out, it's always a different, you know, happening every time I'm there. But just that attachment to it and, um, you know, just hoping that you know, she'll she'll be able to to keep everybody happy and to keep telling the stories. And, you know, I'm excited about getting the nurses college fixed up so you guys can come and investigate that as well. Um, she, oh, you know, that's gonna be, yeah, that's going to be a longer project because the, the roof is missing and it's dangerous right now. But, um, you know, she's, she's actually older than the hospital. She was built in 26, but some of the stories we've been getting from people from her, um, and some of the images that's been ca- captured in there. And that's where the morgue was moved to after a certain amount of time. So, um, I'm, I'm really anxious to get that open. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, We'll definitely be back. And I think this has been a really educational and informative uh, episode. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. And I'm looking forward to you guys coming back. Thank Thank you. you.